Hello everyone, this is David Opposing the Matrix. I think you know who I am by now, but I'll keep announcing myself for the new people, I guess. Okay. Well, we got another new day going. We're almost to an end right now, but uh, I heard today that uh, in the state of Florida somewhere, they indicted uh, Biden. Now, I don't know how true that is, it, but you're not going to find it in a regular press, so I have to do a little more research. So don't take that as gospel right now, okay? But there's a whole bunch of charges. So they set a precedence when they wanted to um, they wanted to try Trump. Uh, these, these leftists never learn, never, never learn. So, um, so that's where we stand there. And a whole bunch of little tidbits on the news so uh, but we won't go into all that because uh, you know that show this show we, we sometimes do that but not all the time so um, it was another rainy day here in Oregon and I just got a notification that our show is starting up <laughs> so um, anyway another rainy day here in Oregon uh, added on to a rainy day yesterday and a rainy day tomorrow and, and all that good stuff. So, um, anyway, I'm going to get into a very controversial and very conspiratorial um, subject tonight. I've done this before, but it was about a year and a half ago, and, and we weren't live a year and a half ago. So, uh, we were alive, but not live on the air. So, um, and that is the, uh, the question is... <laughs> Are you ready? You're sitting down, okay? Because this, this, I got to, let me do a, a qualifier here. This subject has so many elements of truth to it, so many elements of um, reality, yet it is a surreal uh, topic. So, um, I don't know how much, how much longer I can leave you hanging here, but... There are those, and, and I tend to kind of waffle back and forth on this, who believe, well, first of all, there's the first one that we're not going to talk about tonight. We'll talk about some other time. Um, is JFK Jr. still alive? Ah, a very interesting subject, and I think it's quite possible. Um, because according to what I've heard, um, JFK Jr. and Trump were really good friends, and Trump or JFK Jr., either one got wind of that they were going to, try to take JFK Jr. out, which they did try to. And uh, he found out about it, about it and rigged it so that it looked like he was uh, he was gone and forgotten. But uh, he uh, uh, evidently is still alive. And there's some other people that are out there that are still alive too. But it, those claims are so fantastic, I don't know whether to believe them or not. Uh, JFK Jr., I can believe. And uh, I heard today, pardon me, folks, um, that uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has decided to run for president uh, on a Democratic ticket. So that might make it a little difficult for Trump. You know, Robert, K Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is pretty uh, pretty with it. He, uh, But he's something that the that Democrats probably aren't going to like because he's one that has been charging most of the Democratic Party with being um, uh, child slavers, um, uh, child traffickers, adult traffickers. He's dead set against um, uh, 
against vaccinations and um so i don't know if they're going to like him that much but uh you know if i was a, a democrat i'd vote for him um i think he's got a good, lot of good qualities uh fiscally i don't know where he stands uh in other ways don't worry i'm not going to vote democrat i'd never do that um even if yeshua came back and ran on the democratic ticket i don't think well he wouldn't do that anyway he's he's smart uh, like the anti-Biden. Um, so anyway, uh, I think we'll we'll start to progress here. <laughs> really, folks, this is this is a very fantastic uh, thought. Of, um, a uh, but, you, but you know what? When you got somebody that seems like they're always three steps ahead of everybody else, and and. Um, you know, I was watching him, uh, the, the little bit of footage that they showed him in court. And he was just sitting there like he was bored. He was sitting there like, okay, I can't wait for this to be over. I, And it's almost like he, he was saying, I've seen this before. You know, I knew this was going to happen. And, uh, and I'm going to come out with a kind of fantastical, before we get going, um, kind of a fantastic uh way to look at it if he is a time traveler okay now let's say that uh if you if you've read lockwood's books uh there's one about the little baron trump and another one's called the last president and there's a, a one in the middle too um but they were it's strange uh because little baron trump has an advisor named don and in the third book uh, the president has a cabinet member named uh, pence <laughs> so uh anyway uh yeah so it's it's i don't know <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be an apologetics for this thing because i part of me wants it to be true but here's my thing is that let's say let's say he is a time traveler okay let's just just uh entertain me for a second here um and that he came and he saw what would happen if he won the election. Um, how and then in the third book it actually says that uh, that uh, Baron or excuse me the Don and, and little Baron Trump are uh, holed up in a hotel on Fifth Avenue. This is exactly where Trump Tower is, um, and that people outside were rioting because of some practices that the new president had put into place. Wow. Um, and so, um, what if he came and saw that that happened, and he, he rigged it so that uh, the people would grow fond of him, but um, he, they would grow angry against his his uh, competitor, which would be Biden today, you know. And um, so he rigged it <clears throat> to where everything would be backwards from what it would really be. And uh, I, I don't know, but... Just think about it. You know, he, he knowing the future, you could probably, if you followed it step by step without making any changes, you probably could uh, affect the future in a lot of different ways. And and if you didn't get it right, you just hop into your way back machine, go back and fix that thing that you messed up. Okay. But see, things like that can waffle because, so you fix that thing. But what if you you ruin two things when you're fixing that one thing? You know. Um, what if you were that fly that was going to land on Obama's face back in 19 or, um, uh, what was it 2012? I think it was. 
and you happen to step on the larva that was going to be be the progenitor of that fly, would that fly ever land there? It would, would would it make a difference? You know, but maybe it would have because I don't know. It's 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 totally bizarre. But there, the variant bills and all this are so fantastic that uh, getting it right would really take a lot of skill, uh, which I think he possesses, Donald Trump, that is. And uh, so maybe all this trial stuff is, has been planned, you know. I've got a friend, uh, Ralph Epperson, is wondering if uh, if Trump paid off the, the judge and the, and the uh, DA in... Um, in uh, New York City, in order to for them to make him uh, or to get him more poll, more accounts, uh, a higher uh, level in the poll accounts, you know, because the minute he was arrested, man, his his numbers went up ten to twelve points in the polls, you know, and uh, so maybe he's orchestrating all, you know, it's who knows. But uh, anyway, we're gonna watch a video to start off with, okay? And it's this gal. And this is, uh, I think, about five years ago she made this video. But she's a real, seems like a real down-to-earth kind of person. And um, she does a lot of stuff like this. Uh, I don't remember her name. We'll, we'll see it when we start the video up. But um, she talks about the three books that were written by Lockwood. Ingersoll Lockwood, I think his name was. And she talks about, you know, the what-ifs. You know, is there? there's too many... Too many things that are injected into from that book into or those books into modern day reality that's happening with Trump that it's it's just bizarre. Um, anyway, uh, so let's go ahead and, and start that, and this will be kind of something to kind of introduce stuff. And then I want to look at an article um, uh, about Nikola Tesla because he is the one that would have been responsible for developing the time machine. And we'll talk about how that might have happened, but this gal's probably going to talk about it too. And um, maybe I won't have to dwell on it that much. Um, then we're going to talk about somebody named John Titor, who was around uh, around the year 2000 here in our reality. <laughs> and he predicted a lot of strange things that came true. And um, I don't know, was he a time traveler? He said he came from the year 2036. I think it was 2036, right around there. And then he came back to... <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, laughing, but he came back to get an IBM computer that supposedly um, IBM put out back in uh, the early 80s or something, and the, the, the machine had a capability of figuring out certain dates and stuff like that, and certain figures, uh, and, and certain languages, uh, it could translate anything into any language on earth from what I understand. And the guy came back to get one of these because somehow it was going to affect uh, affect us positively in the future. So, um, see how this is getting real deep. It's it's weird. It's like it's like a, a it's like a, a forty two legged uh, fifty six legged uh, octopus <laughs> that's got its tentacles into everything. It's it's amazing. It really is. It's it's mind-blowing, actually, and um, and it could very well be. Um, now, uh, here, I'll go into something else real quick. Back in the 1940s in Nazi Germany, they developed something called Die Glocke, which means the bell. 
And it was shaped like a bell, as a matter of fact. And um, the principle of it was it would take liquid, well, liquid mercury. Mercury is liquid, but, um, and it would spin in, in two different directions. And when it did that, it caused an electrical field, and it had the ability to alter time. Okay. So toward the end of the war, Hitler says, uh, you know, uh, oh, Klaus, I can't remember the name of the general. But he tells this general that that was in charge of all the secret projects and everything. Uh, I want you to go destroy those machines because I don't want them to get in the hands of the Allies. Uh, and then kill everybody that had anything to do with working on them. So he went and he, he followed the second rule really well. He killed everybody except for maybe two or three scientists. And... Um, and they had supposedly three bells there, three glocka. And um, it, it's funny how words go. You ever hear the song uh, Glockenspiel? It's a German song. Do, 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 Yeah, well, Glockenspiel means bell. It's something else there. But anyway, um, so, you know, when I talk about the, the glock, I think of that. And now this tune will be in my head until I go to sleep tonight. But um uh, so anyway, um, oh, I almost had the name of the general. So this general, he um, he goes to where these Daikalaka are, and he climbs into one of them, and two of the scientists, one one each, took the other two uh, Glaka, and um, and supposedly they disappeared. They the uh, the mercury started spinning. It changed it turned them into anti-gravity machines, and then it turned them into um, time travel machines. Now, back in the 60s, there was something that happened in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, and uh, this thing that looked like an acorn or a bell um, happened to crash in Kecksburg out, Kecksburg, out in the forest, and uh, some people got to it before the military did, but the military was pretty quick getting out there, and people... Uh, didn't have time to take pictures, didn't bring cameras and stuff, but uh, they did bring uh, their memories, and they were able to go home. Some of them were pretty good artists, and they sketched what they saw, and it looks like an acorn or a bell, okay? Um, so anyway, pardon me, I gotta, there we go. Um, so anyway, the military gets this thing, and it carts it off. Now, uh, was that Klaus Barbie coming back? Uh, did he disappear and then come back, uh, what was it, what would that have been, 45, uh, roughly 20 years later into the future, interesting, it gets even more interesting, um, Jim Wilhelmson, you know, he used to be associated with this show, um, happened to meet somebody, back in the, um, was it 2010, I think it was, an event happened down in, um, in Texas, uh, in Stevensville, in that area, and, um, they called them the Stevensville lights, and they were UFOs that were showing up in the sky. And uh, one of them, or two of them, actually um, looked like bells uh, that had a halo around them, or they were in like a bubble, electromagnetic bubble, maybe. And and um, and the Air Force is trying to get these things, and they're shooting back and forth the whole nine yards. And from what I've heard is that these things collided and then fell to the earth. Um, so the military got in there, of course. Well, anyway, Jim um, got a hold of his, uh, the constable down there. His name was Leroy Gayton. And Leroy had taken some videos of this, and they were pretty pretty clear videos. 
Uh, Leroy's mistake is that Leroy gave these videos to the newspaper in the area, and the newspaper gave him the Linda Moulton Howe. If you know anything about UFOlogy, Linda Moulton Howe is pretty ensconced in UFOlogy, and she, she her, I think her expertise is in uh, cattle mutilations and stuff, and you'll, you'll see her every once in a while on, on UFO programs on TV or on the Internet. She's all over the Internet. And um, she and I didn't get along when this all this went on, and I don't know what happened, but... Um, so she got a hold of the, the, the original. And uh, so I got a hold of her because I, I, I really wanted just to get a copy of it. You know, that's all. Um, I would have paid for the, all the media to do it and, and everything else. But So I wrote to her and I said, you know, Linda, you know, can I have a copy of this disc or this tape? And she wrote back, there is no tape. And I wrote back to her and I said, well, I happen to have it on the authority of Leroy Gayton that he gave it to the newspaper. And the newspaper gave it to you. So, yes, there is a tape and I'd like a copy of it. And so she started writing back with, oh, why are you being so mean to me? Why are you judge, you know, judgmental? All the, all the crap that you hear all the time. Typical New Age uh, wokeness, you know. And um, I said, I wrote back, I said, I'm not being mean. I just want a copy of this, and I know you've got it. Can I have a copy of it? And I got another letter back accusing me of being mean and uh, was it misogynist and, and everything else? I mean, names that I never even was called in my whole life. I was called in that letter. Um, and I just decided to drop it. It wasn't worth it, you know? And, uh, but he, he, uh, Leroy Gayton said that they were like bells and they were encased in what looked like a, a bubble. I'm assuming it was more of an electromagnetic, uh, uh, covering, you know, all around the ship. And, uh, yeah, the military, I guess, got in there and they got them. But um, so that would account for all three Nazi bells, okay, which would show you that, first of all, time travel is possible, <laughs> okay, because they disappeared in the 1940s and showed up. It was probably only a fraction of a second that they were gone, but they showed up in the United States over 20 years later. <laughs> Actually, wait a minute. No, no, no. Uh, the Kecksburg was 20 years later, but... Um, Stevensville was, what, 50, 60 years later? Let's see, uh, 45, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 2000, 2000. Yeah, probably about um, 50 or 70, 60 or 70 years later. And uh, But it's interesting how they, they must have gone into different time loops and or different wormholes and stuff like that. And who knows what they saw while they were there, or even if they were alive when they came out, um, or if they got out or whatever, you know. So, uh, so time travel is possible, and well, Einstein basically said it, you know, it was, and um, and Nikola Tesla, Tesla, excuse me, I do believe uh, invented it, and we'll we'll look at that in a little while. But let's watch this gal and see what she has to say, because she did a pretty good study on it, and um, and got most of the particulars. Okay, so here we go. Welcome back. A long time no see. I have been gone like two weeks. Two weeks, I'm pretty sure, is the longest break I've ever taken on YouTube. So <laughs> thanks for hanging in there. For those of you who don't follow me on social media and have no idea what's going on, um, I've been off because I moved. This is my new office, so you will no longer see me sitting in front of my bed. We are so happy in the house. A bunch of you have been asking for a house tour. If I do that, which I probably will um, pretty soon here, I will be posting that to my vlog channel, my second channel if you want to see our house and stuff. 
The links for that will be in the description box. But yes, I am moved and settled in and so recharged and ready to start making videos for you guys again. I have so many good ones planned. You guys are going to love everything I have coming up in the next few months. And today we're gonna kick it off with a bang, with a conspiracy theory, and man, this one, oh my God, this one's crazy, you guys. Now, the theory, let's just get right into it, okay? The theory is that Donald Trump is a time traveler. I do conspiracy videos where I pretty much debunk them, and I'm sure a lot of you are thinking, oh, this is one of those stupid ones she's gonna debunk. No. This one is actually mind-blowing. <laughs> I am really surprised, and there's a lot of evidence and facts here to work with and it's really surprising so we're gonna look at the theory I don't know if it's true you have to be the final judge but it's pretty nuts now I don't want to get into politics with this video I want you to be able to watch this whether you're a Democrat or Republican or whatever whatever you are this is just a really interesting theory so many of you I'm sure have heard of Nikola Tesla Nikola Tesla was a Serbian inventor who was actually born in Croatia in 1856 he was a super smart guy it was kind of known as a mad scientist because he did do some wacky stuff including falling in love with a pigeon yes true story but the dude was also brilliant and sometimes the most brilliant people are like kind of the oddballs so he was definitely known as like this you know crazy scientist who came up with really out there ideas he was very interested in you know space time continuum time traveling really really interesting out there things Tesla was definitely a futurist, was focused on where we're going, and just trying to break boundaries. And you may recognize his name from Elon Musk company, Tesla. There you make these sick cars that I want so bad. Dream car, they're really cool, fuel efficient, and will probably be driving themselves one day. He in fact predicted self-driving cars like a long time ago. If you guys want me to do a whole video on a bunch of his predictions and just kind of go through them, similar to what I did with Baba Vanga, then yeah, let me know by giving this video a thumbs up. Anyway, this guy had balls. <laughs> he used himself in his own experiments, even for time traveling. He had built his own time machine and had claimed that he was able to go into the immediate future and the immediate past. I don't think he was able to do anything too crazy, but I mean, that's crazy enough, right? If it even happened. He moved to the U.S. in the late 1800s, and when he died in 1943, the U.S. actually took all of his stuff. And you guys aren't gonna believe this, but the name of the office that seized all of um, Tesla's information, all of his work, everything he was working on, everything he's doing, was actually the Office of Alien Property. Yes, that is seriously what it's called. You can look it up. So, you know, once it got in the hands of them and the FBI, they wanted to hire someone who knew what they were doing to look through all of Tesla's work, all of his notes, and see if there's anything that they could possibly weaponize, just like ideas, stuff like that. And they actually hired a guy and he was an MIT professor who was very, very smart. And he was hired to go through all of Tesla's things and see if there was anything, you know, any ideas that were there that could be used. And this guy was none other than John Trump. Yes, you are hearing that right. This was actually Donald Trump's uncle. And this is fact, you can look it up. His name is John Trump. He was actually a very, very smart scientist very intelligent. When Trump talks about how his family is super smart, he wasn't lying. His family has actually a lot of smart people in it. He was actually elected to the American Academy of Arts and Scientists in 1950, as well as the National Academy of Engineering in 1977, plus all of his degrees, master's degrees, science. I mean, this guy has a long record of just 
proof that he is smart, okay? He was considered to be a pioneer in the field of high voltage machinery. During World War II, he was working on nuclear stuff. And since he worked in radiation, he actually developed an x-ray for cancer patients and saved multiple lives. So anyway, John Trump was in charge of going through all of Nikola Tesla's stuff. And he reported back to the government that there was nothing there. In fact, his official statement was this. Tesla's thoughts and efforts during at least the past 15 years were primarily speculative, philosophical, and somewhat promotional character, but did not include new, sound, workable principles or methods for realizing such results. But a lot of people around that time were like, really? You looked through all of Tesla's stuff and found nothing? Now, it makes total sense. If you did find something, especially like time travel, which... Tesla said he was pretty close to figuring out, according to him, he already had machines working and, and he was already kind of going back and forth is what he was saying. And I mean, who knows, right? But if there was something there, why would they turn it over to the government? It makes complete sense to me that he would have just kept it, especially if there was something juicy in there about how to time travel. So of course this leads people to think that Donald Trump has time traveled here. And this isn't as crazy of a theory as you may think it is. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying it's true because there's definitely not enough evidence to say that or anything close, but it's very compelling and very interesting. A huge part of this theory is time traveling backwards. There were a series of books that were written a long time ago. You can look them up and they were written by a man named Ingersoll Lockwood. And these books are from right around the time where Nikola Tesla came to the United States, right around 1890, which was, I think, maybe even the same year or within a couple of years of when he went to the United States. And when you hear about these books, you're just not even going to believe it. I was shocked when I saw this. One of them is called Baron Trump's Marvelous Underground Journey. And there was another book called The Last President. And it's a sequel to the first one. These books are totally legit. You can see them at the Library of Congress. If you didn't know, Trump's son is named Barron, and a lot of people think that Barron has autism. Uh, I don't think it's ever been confirmed or anything, and I'm not saying it's true, but that's pretty widely discussed. And being someone who actually, I took an entire class on autism alone in the entire spectrum, I always kind of thought maybe it's possible he's somewhere on the spectrum. But according to this theory, it's possible he has time traveled, which has made him a little off. In the book, it's kind of confusing. Um, the character Baron, I don't think his name is Baron. I think his name is Trump, but he's a Baron Trump. Like that's how, that was like used as a description word. And there's also a main character named Don, which obviously is pretty freaking weird. But I did look into that a little more and I guess it's the same as like in the Spanish language. Don is used as like a name of respect, like Mr., like Don Julio is all I can think of right now. <laughs> so I don't know if it quite meant Donald, but it is super weird. Baron Trump and Don are the main characters in this book, and that's totally true. Now, it gets even weirder. The book takes place, actually, in the beginning of it, in Russia. In the book, there's also a Fifth Avenue hotel in New York City. It's not called Trump Tower or anything, but guess what? Trump Tower is on Fifth Avenue in New York, the exact same street. And the other book is literally called The Last President, which is scary. And that's what Baba Vanga, if you remember from my Baba Vanga video, which I'll link below, she said that Barack Obama would be the last president. Um, which clearly didn't happen, but maybe it's in another sense we don't understand. The story actually begins in New York City with a scene of uprise and panic after an election in November. And the people are angry, police are trying to control them, they're saying down with the rich and the powerful. I mean, it is like eerily similar to Donald Trump. Here's part of the book 
The entire east side is in a state of uproar. Police officers shouted through the streets, warning city folk to stay indoors for the night. Mobs of vast size are organizing under the lead of anarchists and socialists and threaten to plunder and despoil the houses of the rich who have wronged and oppressed them for so many years. The Fifth Avenue Hotel will be the first to feel the fury of the mob. And that's literally the address of where Trump Tower is. I mean, it's like bizarre. Screw our president! coincidences but all of them together it seems pretty weird that there's a Don character there's a Trump character in fact it's Baron Trump the same name as little Baron Trump the same address the fact that it's a president the fact that it's an election that people are angry I mean it shows like so many things I mean the book is pretty out there though I mean there's other things in it that are ridiculous like giant turtles and battling them traveling through alternate dimensions which you know is definitely possible though. A battle with a big white crane, a dog named Bulger, and a little smiling man frozen in time. I don't know guys, this whole thing is just gives me the creeps. So those are the books. Um, and you know, these books came out a long time ago, the end of the 1900s, so way before Donald Trump was born or Baron Trump. Okay, so now we have to talk about John Titor. In 2000, actually, there was a man named John Titor. Uh, I don't know if it's Titter, Teeter, I don't know. John Titor showed up on internet forums back in 2000. And keep in mind, the internet's pretty fresh in 2000, so there weren't that many people online. And this was an actual thing that happened. There really was a guy named John who claimed to be a time traveler that was going around online forums and telling people about what was happening in 2036, which is the year that he came from. He said that he was a soldier and he lived in a world of political corruption and basically nuclear waste. And he even claimed, and this is back in 2000, that the world would be run by ISIS at that point. So he came back in time to tell everyone. Now, of course, this could have just been someone fucking with people on the internet, like absolutely. But this guy did know some things and predicted some things. And he claimed that he was just stopping in 2000 um, for personal reasons and to warn people, but was actually headed back to 1975. And after a little while, John completely disappeared from the internet and hasn't been heard from since. My goal is not to be believed. Perhaps I should let you all in on a little secret. No one likes you in the future. This time period is looked at as being full of lazy, self-centered, civically ignorant sheep. Perhaps you should be less concerned about me and more concerned about that. He also gave some predictions. One of them was a secret function that was on a computer, the IBM 5100. This was a new computer at the time and he claimed there was a secret function on it where anything could be translated to like any language. And he claimed that the company was keeping it under wraps to avoid competition, finding it and basically stealing the idea. No one knew how to access it. People tried for a while and then in 2004, once John had disappeared from the internet, 
the company, IBM, actually came forward and told everyone about this secret function and that it's been there the whole time. And John also had a, like, a symbol that he would always share um, from the future. I don't know if it's just time traveling or what, but it's just kind of an interesting design. And then in one of his posts, he just randomly wrote the question, care to share with me how you solved the overheating problem on your space plane? Space plane, very interesting. No one knew what he was talking about and he basically was just like, well, wait and find out. And in 2003, as most of you probably know, the Columbia was a spaceship and they had seven crew members and the spaceship exploded due to overheating. Columbia began its descent back to Earth. And these are pictures of their last moments alive. Columbia is a, a beautiful ship. She's performing magnificently. GNC flight. Everything looked good to you. Control and rates and everything is nominal, right? Control's been stable. You have good trims. I don't see anything out of the ordinary. I, I've just lost four separate temperature transducers on the left side of the vehicle. The hydraulic return temperatures. And Columbia Houston, we see your tire pressure copy. messages, and we did not copy your last. Is it instrumentation, Max? Uh, flight Max, yeah. those are also off. Columbia Houston, com check. Columbia Houston, UHF, com check. Columbia Houston, UHF, com check. Columbia Houston UHF com check. Columbia Houston UHF com check. GC flight. Fly GC. Lock the doors. Copy. So a lot of people think that John actually knew about that and was hinting that that was going to happen. But the whole John thing became sort of just like known as an internet hoax because he predicted some things that were wrong. For example, he predicted that there would be civil war in America in 2004, that didn't happen. He predicted that mad cow disease would spread all over the world and would force them to cancel the Olympics. That didn't happen. But a lot of people who actually believe John and really believe everything that he said um, think that those things didn't happen because he warned people in time. So I don't really know. <laughs> it definitely could have just been someone screwing around on the internet. What's really interesting about it is when he was writing all these posts online, he said that he was creating a new timeline because when you travel into the past, it creates a new timeline entirely. And this is when we get in to start talking about like alternate dimensions and alternate realities. Um, so he said his reality was different than ours. So it's possible that some of the things he said were going to happen did happen in another timeline, but we're in something new altogether. Does that make sense? There might be like a bunch of versions of you. <laughs> Crazy thought. Now, in case you haven't already figured it out, there are a lot of people out there that think that John Titor, whoever this guy is, was actually Donald Trump. Um, the way that they talked is very similar, very brash and aggressive and sort of like angry and know-it-all-y. Uh, so very similar. Obviously, we have no real proof that it was Donald Trump, but it's very interesting to think about. So the theory basically goes that John went into the future, tried to change things, or Trump went into the future and tried to change things, was unsuccessful and came back and realized the only way to change the world and save the world from Islamic extremism and ISIS was to come back and run for president beat Hillary Clinton and save the world. So there you have it. <laughs>
<laughs> so obviously there's not a lot of truth for this, but there's just so many truth nuggets within this that are very interesting. One thing that's really interesting is that Trump during all his interviews for a long time would talk about his uncle John and he really never talked about how he helped cancer patients or did anything else. Trump always talks about how his uncle told him about nuclear war and told him about nuclear before nuclear was nuclear. Is it possible that John Trump went to the future and saw things? Maybe John Trump was John Teeter. I mean, that could make sense too. But he literally always talks about how his uncle told him about nuclear war. In fact, listen to this quote. He would tell me there are things that are happening that could potentially be so bad for the world in terms of weaponry. He would tell me many years ago the power of weapons someday and that the destructive force of these weapons would be so massive that it's going to be scary to the world. And what's odd about it is like that one statement, he told me about nuclear before nuclear was nuclear, basically before there was nuclear weapons being created, um, that it existed. And that's odd because Donald Trump was born in 1946 and the US definitely had nukes by then. So it's kind of like odd that he said that. Is it possible someone, maybe Trump, maybe his uncle, who knows, went back in time and wrote about the future in an old book in the 1800s and what was gonna happen, the last president, the riots in New York, all of that. Could it all be coming true and it was written in this timeline? Maybe in another timeline those books never existed, but maybe in this one they do. Does that make any sense? I feel like I sound insane, but it's just, you know, out of the box thinking here. <laughs> Try to be open-minded for sure. And another thing you've probably heard Trump say a bunch of times is I know more than the generals do. He's literally said, I know more about ISIS than the generals do. I've heard different accounts from 40 to 60,000 people. Good fighters, ISIS, good fighters, smart, good. So I'm running for president. I'm leading in almost all the polls. And they ask me a question about ISIS. And I say to the announcer, I don't really want to answer it. And the next day, these idiots over here say, Trump doesn't know the answer. The reason I don't want to answer because I don't want to tell the enemy. If I win, I don't want to have to. Does that make sense? I know more about ISIS than the generals do. Believe me. You still feel like you know more about ISIS than the generals? Well, they don't know much because they're not winning. That I can tell you. Now, I think they're not winning for a different reason. Is it possible? And I know it's hard because I am not a Trump fan. But is it possible that he does? And I know it sounds absolutely crazy, but is it possible that he knows so much because he actually went into the future and saw things that the current generals haven't seen, that he knows things because he's seen them, because his uncle literally had all of Nikola Tesla's documents. I mean, it's pretty crazy to, that's all real. That is all 100% true. Um, it's just whether or not you believe there was time traveling involved and all the other stuff. But the facts are facts that John Trump had those documents. And what's also fact is the books. The books are absolutely real books. So <laughs> it's just like the weirdest thing. So this one definitely, you know, it's pretty out there. Probably it's hard to believe for some of you. But yeah, that's the theory in a nutshell. Um, there's a lot more online if you want to dig more into it. It's just a, such a crazy idea. And when I first started researching, I was like, this is going to be BS. But then I couldn't believe it. I had no idea that Trump had those documents. I had no idea that John Trump was such like a important person in our history. I mean, I just didn't know any of this. So who knows guys, I wanna know what you think below. Do you believe this? Do you think it's a bunch of BS? That's it for me today, guys. I hope you're having a great day and I will see you next time, bye. And that is everything around you that you call life. Well, that was pretty interesting, huh? <laughs> see, see? She's a skeptic, and she still thinks that there's some validity into what she was talking about. I don't know. I just don't know. There's, I don't know. The evidence is compelling. That's all I'm going to say. 
Let's look at a little bit about Nikola Tesla. Nikolai, or excuse me, Nikola Tesla. Okay. Um, I have an article here. Uh, Nikola Tesla secret time travel experiments. Okay. By Commander X from UFO Review website. Okay. Uh, he's probably into some weird stuff, and that's why he's got a pseudonym. A bunch of people do that. Okay. All right. Here we go. I've been looked Let's see. Yeah, okay. I have long been an admirer of the great inventor Nikola Tesla. That should come as no surprise to anyone who has read some of my previous books. Here's a man whose genius was far beyond the great minds of his day. He had an intellect that at times seemed almost unearthly. I suppose this is <clears throat> why some have speculated uh, that such a remarkable individual could not have sprung from the bosom of Mother Earth but instead was the product of extraterrestrial intervention. Interesting thought. I must admit that for a while, the idea that Nikola Tesla was not of this planet held a certain appeal to me. It would certainly answer a lot of questions about the enigmatic, enigmatic uh, excuse me, the, the, the writing is really close on this, um, the enigmatic uh, man, but of course, it would also create even more questions that would be impossible to answer in, a, in my lifetime. So I was finally left with the simplest explanation on the true origins of Nikola Tesla. I've concluded that he was an extraordinary human, the likes of we, the likes we see so rarely. My primary schooling was bereft of any education of Tesla or his great achievements. His name. In its absence, uh, spoke darkness, dark conspiracies and downright thievery. You know, I never heard about him either until I was maybe in my um, middle age. Okay. In public, only the Tesla coil stands out in honor of the name of its namesake, but few know of the person from whom it, whom it was christened. Textbooks held no place between its pages for this great man, and teachers rarely uttered his name. Thankfully, some have come to recognize the great injustice that has been done to Tesla and have found a place in classrooms to teach us history. I think I would be safe to say Nikola Tesla was the man who invented the 20th century. But the mystery remains, a mystery that has been diabolical in its treachery, not only to Nikola Tesla, but to humanity as a whole. Okay. Let's go down to Tesla thought outside the box. Okay. In my years as a military intelligence operative, I came into contact with a number of top secret programs that were either investigating or, shockingly enough, actively using uh, technology based on some of Tesla's wild ideas. Both the United States and Russia have active particle beam and RF radio frequency weaponry that's been in operation since the early 1970s. Uh, all of it is a result of Tesla's early 19th and 20th century experiments. To say that there are other black budget projects involving Tesla-based research would wildly underestimate the total number of research and development pro uh, being conducted right now by many countries worldwide, and these are the projects that we know about. Who knows how many dark, deep, secret projects are being conducted right now with science that could be decades, even hundreds of years, beyond what civilian um, 
science knows today, uh, small discoveries lead to great things. In 1895, while conducting research with his step-up transformer, Nikola Tesla held its first indications that time and space could be influenced using highly charged uh, rotating magnetic fields. That's interesting. That's exactly what the Glock had. Um, Okay. Part of this revelation came about from Tesla's experimentation with radio frequencies and the transmission of electrical energy through the atmosphere. Tesla's simple discovery would, years later, lead to the infamous Philadelphia experiment and the Montauk time Montauk time travel projects. But even before these high top secret, highly top secret military programs came about, Tesla made some fascinating discoveries on the nature of time and the real possibilities of time travel. With these experiments in high voltage electricity and magnetic fields, Tesla discovered that time and space could be breached or warped, uh, creating a doorway that could lead to other time frames. But with this monumental discovery, Tesla also discovered, through personal experience, the very dark dangers inherent with time travel. Tesla's first brush with time travel came in March of 1895. A reporter in the New York Herald wrote on March 13th that he came across an inventor in a small cafe looking shaken after being hit by 3.5 million volts. I'm afraid, said Tesla, that you won't find me a pleasant companion tonight. The fact is, I was almost killed today. A spark jumped three feet through the air and struck me here on the right shoulder. If my assistant had not turned off the current, off the current instantly, that might have been the end of me. Now Tesla, on contact with the resonating electromagnetic charge, found himself outside of his time frame reference. He reported that he could see the immediate past, present, and future all at once but he was paralyzed within the electromagnetic field, unable to bring to help himself. His assistant, by turn, his assistant, by turning off the current, released Tesla from before any permanent damage had been done. A uh, respect of the very incident would occur years later in the Philadelphia experiment. Unfortunately, the sailors involved were left outside of their time frame reference for too long without disasters, with disastrous results. Um, Tesla's secret time travel experiments would continue on, on in the hands of others who were not as concerned with humanity as Tesla. Okay, we are left with the rumors and speculations on who may have become the heirs of Tesla's technology, maybe Trump. Uh, hopefully someday these secrets will reveal once again and for all. Okay. It wasn't so bad. All right. You know, Tesla, he um, he got ripped off a lot. Uh, it's a known fact that he invented uh, radio. Uh, but Marconi took the credit for it and got the credit for it. Um, Tesla invented AC current. Now, back when this happened, uh, Edison wanted to uh, forward uh, the idea of DC current but DC current is kind of weak, and it has to be recharged every few hundred feet, I think, uh, which means that if you had that around, there'd be a recharge station about every 300 feet, and if your electricity went out 20 miles, man, that would be a lot of little electric electrical stations or um, 
or capacitors or whatever they use to uh, to boost DC. Uh, but Tesla invented AC and um, and tried to copyright it, but uh, a lot of people, a lot more people, listened to Edison than they did to Tesla. And Edison had some very powerful friends. And uh, but basically, after many years, Edison grew comfortable with the idea of um, AC, and um, so electrical current was uh, basically attributed to him and stolen from uh, from Tesla. And, uh, yeah, he invented a lot of stuff, Tesla did. The, uh, the high induction motor, uh, you name it. But, uh, and the thing about being in love with a pigeon, it's not that he was in physical love with the pigeon. He just liked the pigeon a lot. He had, it was a pet. Okay. I mean, I've got seven chickens out there that I, I, I adore because they're great little pets. Doesn't mean I'm in love with them, for goodness sakes. But, you know, you have to have these people that have to pervert people or, you know, their, their love for certain animals. And I don't know. It's crazy. All right. Now, I would like to, with your, your blessing, introduce you to John Titor. All right. I got, found an article on him here, believe it or not. And... Um, I'd really like to be able to share this article with you. Let me see if I can do that, okay? Because it's got a picture of that emblem that they said that uh, that she said that John Titor um, used to leave around all the time. So let me see here. What's the name of this? Uh, okay, meet time traveler John Titor. Okay, let's see if I can share this. And if I can, that would be wonderful. Okay, let's see. Meet John Titor. Okay, share. Okay, I'm just going to wait a second to see if it comes up on one of my other screens that I have here. By the way, the chat room's open again. Nobody ever wants to get onto the chat room. I don't know why, but um, it seems to be a uh, something that people are shy or something. I just don't get Okay, here. I have to share it. That would be a lot better, huh? Okay. So I'm going to jump over to this page so I can read it. Alrighty. Okay. Meet time traveler John Titor, uh, who said he came from the future to save the world, by Katie Serena, published March 7th, 2018. John Titor, and see if you can see my mouse, I'm pretty sure you can here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. This is that symbol that she said that he always left around. Okay. John Titor uh, claimed to be a, from the future, a time traveler sent back to 2000 to ensure that the U.S. stayed intact and that the world didn't descend into chaos. Well, that's opposite of kind of what she said. Uh, she said that he came, he just stopped here on a trip back to the 1970s, right? I think she said, or 1980s, to get that computer. He stayed here for a little while and then left, so... This was not his, uh, the year 2000 was not his intended uh, trip, according to what everybody else is saying. Okay. In 1998, a radio host of a popular science fiction show got, got a fax from an American soldier who claimed to have a detailed knowledge of time travel. In November of 2000, the same American soldier locked onto a message board, logged on, excuse me, um, his name was John Titor, and like all of the other commenters on the forum, he posted several images, or excuse me, messages that 
engaged in conversation on multiple threads about the time machine. Unlike other commenters, however, he theorized the six components that would be needed to make one. Hmm. He knew what these components were, he explained, because he was from the year 2036. According to John Titor's post, he was an American military man based in Tampa, Florida, working for a government as part of the time travel initiative. In his post, he detailed the extent of the project and the results of his findings. He claimed that he had been selected for the project due to his paternal heritage. His, father, his father's father had worked for IBM in the 1970s and had worked to create the IBM 5100, an early computer model. Teeter said that in the year 2036, he had been selected to travel back to 1975 to obtain an IBM 5100, which would help future scientists in decoding computer, uh, computer program. He reasoned, or his reason for stopping over in, 20, in 2000 were in part personal. He claimed in addition to locating photographs and speaking to some family members, he also wanted to serve a warning. I think she read all this stuff. I'm not sure, but if she didn't, I'm going through it again. Uh, John Titor described a second civil war in the United States that would result in a fracturing of the country into five autonomous regions, Washington, D.C., and Jacksonville, Florida would be targeted and taken out by the enemy, leaving Omaha, Nebraska as the new U.S. capital. The Civil War would be long, beginning in 2004 and ending in 2015, with a brief but intense World War III, which would lead to the destruction of the global environment and infrastructure. Um, remember she said that he predicted this would happen in 2004? Um what if he was got the numbers wrong and it was 2024 next year, right? Interesting. All right. Okay. He also warned fellow forum posters about the increased threat of Kreutzfeldt-Jakob disease, a fatal incurable prion disease that causes rapid degeneration of the nervous system and is transmitted through beef products. Uh, bad cow disease, I do believe. But listen to this. I've I got a theory here. Um, some of these elite that um, that are into some weird stuff like, you know, the um, adrenochrome and, and drinking blood and, and um, having young blood injected into them and stuff to, to have their age prolonged. Um, some of them like to eat brains. Uh, when they sacrifice a person, they eat the, uh, they eat the brain and it kind of gives them a, in witchcraft terms or in... Uh, the occult terms, it gives them more power. It gives them the, the um, basically like the soul of the person that they devoured, okay? Um, and drinking the blood does the same thing, but um, and in that culture, the more blood you shed, the more powerful or uh, the more recognized you are as having power. And, uh, and Hillary Clinton, I guess, I think was she a third degree witch and Bill was a second. And um, Anyway, and I say was because I don't think they're alive anymore, but you know, that's that remains to be seen. But um, so um, there's a oh I can't remember the name of the disease, but there's a disease that originated down in um, in Borneo, New Guinea, because they used to practice uh, cannibalism down there, and the women, you know, the 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 guys would eat all the, the good meat, you know, uh, so to speak, you know, the muscles and 
all the all the good stuff like you would eat on an animal, but that on a human. But anyway, uh, but they would leave the brains for the women, and the women would eat it, and they would. Uh, oh, I can't remember the disease. It just driving me crazy. And they come down with this disease. It's very similar to uh, to Creutzfeldt Jacob disease. What it does, it's a prion disease, and it just attacks the brain. And uh, and you ever notice how when Hillary was uh, when the one time the balloons were released, she was looking up like she was a little child in amazement. Um, and other times she would start quaking or she would start shaking and or laughing uncontrollably. Yeah, those are all symptoms of this disease. Okay, it's gonna. I gotta look it up, folks. Okay, bear with me. Okay, brain eating disease. Borneo. Okay. Miss Bailey. Okay. No, it's not braining an amoeba. And that's all it's coming up with. Brain eating anema, uh, amoeba. This is crazy. Okay, hold on a second. One more thing. Brain eating prion. Kuru, that's the name of it, Kuru. Look it up, K-U-R-U, if you get a chance. It, um, it's, it's, it's pretty nasty stuff. Okay, here's a, NPR has a, I, I don't usually go to them for information, but sometimes they have some pretty good stuff. They have an article here, it says, when people ate people, strange diseases emerged. Okay, I want to see what the, uh, the, um, what do you call it, the symptoms of it are, okay, I can always go to, okay, come on, give me the symptoms, okay, Kuru showed that people could get prion disease from eating infected people, mad cow disease showed how people could get prion disease from eating infected cow. But what about other prion diseases in other animals? Uh, let's see. Chronic wasting disease. Of course, yeah. Typical NPR garbage. So let's see. I'm just, I love doing stuff like this, folks. I, I'm a researcher by, by heart here. Kuru. Um, uh, Kuru. Um, disease um, symptoms what I was looking for okay are you ready you got your seat belts on all right symptoms and diagnosis all right here we go what are the symptoms of Kuru it's difficulty walking poor coordination difficulty swallowing slurred speech moodiness and behavioral changes dementia muscle twitching and tremors inability to grasp objects and random compulsive laughing or crying. Boy, I tell you, Hillary did that a bunch of times. And, you know, she's, I, I have no doubt, believe me, she's a brain eater or was. Um, first stage a person with Kuru exhibits some loss of body control. They may have difficulty balancing and maintaining posture. Second stage, also called the sedentary stage, the person is unable, uh, excuse me, <laughs> slurred speech. Uh, a person is unable to walk. 
body tremors and significant involuntary jerks and movements begin to occur. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of a person possessed, but a lot of times you'll see that if they're uh, if they're severely uh, possessed. Um, third stage, the person is usually bedridden and incontinent. They lose the ability to speak. They may also exhibit dementia or behavioral changes, causing them to seem unconcerned about their health. Uh, starvation and malnutrition usually set the third stage due to difficulty eating or swallowing. The secondary symptoms can lead to death within a year. Most people end up dying of pneumonia from pneumonia. Huh. Okay, we know what causes it. All right. Anyway, thank you for walking down Medical Lane with me while we looked that up. Okay, so we looked at John Teeter. Okay, let me get back over here again. And I will get away from that. There. It's totally me now again. Okay, aren't you glad? <laughs> Alrighty, and I think that was the last article I wanted to read. Um, yeah, okay. Okay, so, um, well, heck, we've gone for an hour. My goodness. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Well, folks, um, it's funny. I, you know, I, I don't know if I said this, but I wasn't going to do this show tonight. Um, I did a show yesterday and the day before, and uh, I, have to, I had to do my taxes, or supposed to do my taxes tonight, because uh, the 15th is coming up pretty quick, and my son-in-law is going to help me do my taxes. Well... Um, he said, well, Thursday night would be good for him because I don't know, they got something planned in the next few days or something. Anyway, um, so we had planned for tonight and I said, well, you know, I've got to go to the dump cause we dump our own garbage here. Um, it's a lot cheaper than have them come out, pick it up. And the dump's not too far away, but about a mile or so. Um, so I had to do that. Then I had to drive up to Eugene and get some meds at the pharmacy and I had to do a bunch of other stuff, too. And I was like, there's no way I can do a radio show. Because I was going to do it at, uh, around 11.30 with Brian. And uh, that was too early. And uh, Brian said, just go ahead and do it. And I'll do it next Thursday with you. So he'll be back next Thursday. But um, anyway, so there was so much to do. that I actually made a video that said, you know, I'm not doing a show tonight. Well, for some reason, that video didn't upload. And uh, I'm glad. Because I... I found out I was going to have the time because I, I rearranged the time to do the taxes for another day here before the 15th, of course. And um, so um, anyway, uh, I was able to do the show tonight. So I was really happy about that. Um, I didn't want to put it off. I hate putting things like that off. And there's so much to talk about with everything that's going on nowadays. But, um, you know, getting back to the Kuru, um if you ever saw Hillary when she uh, she had one bout that they showed, uh, they actually showed the video where she was kind of like this, you know, and 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 looking back, and her head looked like it was going to come right off from the front. You know, it was, she actually looked like she was possessed, and she probably is. There's probably a legion inside that woman, or was a legion, and um, and inside Bill too, and Chelsea, and. A lot of the other ones that are up there in high places, but <laughs> I was looking at my the seven second delay. <laughs> I looked like I was having a seizure. Um, anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm convinced that she had something like that, and uh, well, she's out of our misery now, so that's good. 
Um, so anyway, um, I guess I'm going to end it here, folks. We, uh, you know, we talked about or got to look at uh, Donald Trump. Is he a time traveler? Uh, it, and it's it's like I said, he's always seems to be two steps ahead of his adversaries. It's weird. It really is weird. And when he was sitting in, you know, there was uh, the, the seals were open. Listen to me. The um, uh, the indictment was open, and it was revealed what he was being charged with. Um, it was he was just sitting back like like this, you know, like okay, okay, okay. And I would think that somebody that was being charged with like what was it, thirty six counts. Or something like that. Be a little more stressed out. Unless he knows that everything's going to be okay. Maybe everything is going to be okay. I got a feeling it is. Because I've heard more people say. Even. Um, even. Uh, uh, what do you call it. Democrat lawyers are saying that there's nothing to this. There's nothing to it at all. So. It's just. Something to. Somebody suggested. And I believe this is the case. That they're doing this to rile up me and you. Okay, so that we take the arms and go out in the street and it gives them an excuse to come and collect weapons and and to shut things down and um, and to move us all into cities and out of the country and everything else. So there's there's a reason why they're doing all this. But the the important part is that we don't react. Okay, Um, I mean, there there may become a time in the future, like in 2024. Um when the civil war does happen that we have to do something. But for right now, let's uh, I'm trusting that Trump has this under control and that he's going to do something pretty soon uh, to take back the government. And remember, he's got the nuclear football. You didn't think they went down looking for papers down at Mar-a-Lago. Did you, when the FBI went and raided that place, no, they were looking for the nuclear football. But it wasn't there, and that's probably because Trump knew that they were going to come, and he knew because he's seen it before. (laughs) So, anyway, I'm going to let it go, folks, okay? So, I will be on tomorrow at 2 o'clock. If you want to watch, we'll be live, me and Ralph. He's going to talk about a variety of things, again, like Ralph does. And uh, he's real excited to be on tomorrow. So, if, if you're doing nothing, pop in and watch, okay? And um, and we'll go from there. But uh, I'm going to find something else to bless you with at the end of these shows, okay? But uh, until I do, I'm going to do the uh, the Spock hands. Did I ever tell you what this came from? I might have many a long time ago, but uh, Leonard Nimoy, who played Spock, was Jewish, okay? And, and he grew up in a fairly orthodox family. And, and the more orthodox that um, that the sect is... The Jewish sect is the the more that they uh, they tend to do these rituals, okay, and and so when they at the end of the service, what happens is the the uh, rabbi will say, okay, now everybody turn around and face the back, and what he does is he he waves his hands. It's called an Aaronic uh, benediction, okay, and and um, the Aaronic benediction is is kind of like what I say to you. Um, there's a little extra to it that I really don't remember at the time, but, uh, uh, but anyway, he, and you're not supposed to look at Leonard Nimoy being a kid said, okay, they told me not to. So I have to, <laughs> you know, and he turned around and saw the priest with his hands like this, both hands 
uh, and waving them back and forth and blessing the people. So uh, that's where we got that on Star Trek from. And it was spontaneous. One day they were trying to think of something to do, and he did that, and it stuck. Okay, so now you know where that comes from. So with that having been said, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face rise upon you and be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out, your coming in, your rising up, and your lying down. May he grant you the desire of his heart, because you are the desire of his heart, whether you know it or not, or believe it or not. May he grant you the peace that passes all understanding. And may you come to know, if you don't know him, may you come to know that he loves you enough to have died for you, okay, to buy you back, to redeem you from the wicked one. Because we were sold out to the wicked one from when Adam and Eve did, or Adam and Chava, that's how we say it in Hebrew. Um, yeah, so he laid down his life, and he loved us before we could ever love him. And he didn't have to love us. He was God. He could have watched us all perish. But he loved us, and he wanted us to come to be with him and to know his love and and to not to obey him and love uh, obey him out of tradition or because he we owe it to him or he you know but because we want to because we love him okay that's all he wants he's a god that loves us and he wants love back and i think it's only fair <laughs> uh, no greater love has a man that he laid down his life for his friends scripture says and that's what yeshua did for us so anyway uh, may he grant you the peace that passes all understanding. And may he grant you the desires of your heart, as long as those desires are within his will, and for your good and his good. In Yeshua's holy and precious name, I pray and I say amen and amen. Folks, goodbye. See you tomorrow. Have a blessed night, a safe night, and may we all be watch over you with his angels tonight. Amen and amen.